Ba-da-da-da. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, where niche is neat. I am your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. And today, we have our, uh-oh, don't look, our star's gone for an episode. We're going to replace him with someone else and pretend like he's exactly the same guy. It's Kyle. What's no, it's Monty. On, hey, Monty. What? <laughs> What's up? How, how's it been? It's been good. How about you guys? Good, good. Do you do you like the Pokeball we leave you in yeah. when we're done recording an episode where we just leave you for months at a time? Yeah, I mean, Kyle's you, been in a liminal space this whole time. I mean, you guys leave me with enough food, so it's okay. Hey! what What's your favorite food to eat in there? Yeah, in what's there? your... Yeah. Pikachu burgers. Oh, oh, that... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Kyle, are you oh, cannibalizing no. the rest of the team while you're in there? Shh. <laughs> What? What? Kyle. Ky- Kyle, Kyle is Kyle's the team. a little bit of a content content expert on this one. What do Pokemon actually eat? Like, according to the show, no, I, eat- I mean, the deep lore. I need it, canonical deep lore, Kyle. Canonical deep lore. It depends on the Pokemon. Um, yeah, right. Because some eat dreams. Some right? eat dreams. Some okay. eat children, <laughs> and some are eaten. Well, and aren't yeah. okay. So, so, po- so Pokemon. Like, would a Gyarados eat a um, that floppy fish that does nothing? Magikarp. Yeah. Yeah. Would I a mean, Gyarados well that, eat well a that Magikarp? Well, that is them. That's I know, can, but that, like, that's cannibalism. Yeah. So yeah. that's not that's not that's, that's, probably that's, not. I mean, are there yeah. are there land based predator Pokemon that hunt other Pokemon? Yes. And they just don't. There's put like that a in the thousand show. of them. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I I always I always yeah get into this where it's like they're they're not just they're those are just the animals that exist on the planet they create the entire animal there's nothing else other than pokemon and instead of being called animals they're just called pokemon okay honestly the people are probably in that world the people are also pokemon yeah exactly there are no animals that are not pokemon yeah so they evolved from pokemon like we did from apes yes Unless is that in canon? Th- unless the humans are aliens that settled on the Pokey but planet. Yeah, because didn't like Arceus or whatever like create all like isn't? Yeah, I know Arce- there's like a creator god. Of yeah, the yeah, that's Arceus. Yeah, one of them is that, that's literally Arce- god. Yeah, yeah, that's Arceus. Arceus right? Yeah, yeah, Arceus, right? Arceus, 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 same I know, thing. I said I said Arceus in front of two like twelve year olds and they didn't correct me. But they did correct me when I called Gyarados Gyarados on accident. So I think Arceus That's is right. That's pretty brutal, to be fair. Well, before we get to the heart of today's subject, I will ask everyone, and we will briefly, briefly, everyone, say one interesting thing from the week. All right? And we'll start with Matt, who will set a good example for everyone. Uh, one of the most interesting things that happened this week, and we will talk about this more in depth at a later time, uh, we I shared the wonderful film Enter the Void um, by Gaspar Noé with the group at our, our weekly movie night. And that movie uh, really affected me. Yeah, so I I want to I I think we there's like a deep long term conversation to have about that movie. Um, but the interesting thing that I will talk about is the fact that the i found really interesting about the movie if you know it it was released in three different versions um over time based on the amount of time the visual effects and editing of the film took 
Um, and so it really kind of evolved into its final form that we consumed um, this weekend. Both Ben and Kyle were were there for this journey. And I've I've seen Gaspar most, I think all of Gaspar Noé's films now. And I shared Climax with them in the past, but this was their first experience with Enter the Void. So real briefly, as uh, as Ben mentioned, Kyle, what did you feel? How'd you feel about Enter the Void? Um, so the overhead shots, they were a little nauseating, but everything else was great. Okay. Uh, yeah. did, did, did it affect you? Did, like, did it stick with you? Uh, certain pieces, just the way how his life went and all that. Um, it's hard to kind of relate to. Uh, okay. Just sort of family dysfunction, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yay. Uh, <laughs> <gasps> so, but, Ben, um, <laughs> what did you think about Enter the Void? I Briefly. I feel like I no one can really say what it feels like to actually completely die, right? Yeah. With that said, <laughs> watching the movie, I was like, this feels like how I feel like it would feel if I died. Which is, I mean, kind of Gaspar Noé's intention with the film to some extent. Yeah. No, I, I he, know. He Trust me, I'm I'm well aware. Do you uh, uh does any do either of you remember the time travel movie with Hugh Jackman? I think it's um I watched the time travel movie with Nick Cage. No. I've seen Time Machine, the nineteen sixties classic. No. The Fountain. No. Did anyone see no. the fountain? No. All right, that's the only for 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 listeners for our charmers out there who want a four out of four charm movie that also deals with what it feels like to die in the afterlife. The Fountain's one of the only other movies besides um, Enter the Void that I feel has captured that kind of experience. Just like how Climax as a film captured the sense of like anxiety so very well, like the, like the feeling of a long term panic attack um stretched across a movie uh it it's really something special but sure that, is the the depth of that conversation is for another time kyle tell us something interesting i triangled you fuck you kyle all right ben <laughs> tell me something interesting because that that shit's boring uh well i i feel like i feel like i've learned something about myself as a gamer oh i i think that i i like uh arcade like shooters right as yeah. like a fun diversion metal slug the like well like we talked about with um demon throttle demon throttle on, i, I on, want on to call it hell throttle or throttle close, death close um what i think i've learned about myself is i'm terrible at side scrolling shooters okay but like i'm substantially better with vertical scrolling shooters is a is huh. a side scroller? Would that be like Castlevania? Yeah, but like it's an auto scroller. So like Gradius is an example. Okay. Really cool side scrolling shooter. I I can't make it through the first stage. Oh, I, no. I just can't fucking do it. On the other hand, I downloaded from the 3DS eShop, which for every single person in the world who has a Nintendo 3DS, please now. Add funds to your Nintendo account and download as many games for the 3DS as you can because it's because March of next year it's being completely shut down and you won't be able to re-download anything 
or get some of these games, which are impossible to find elsewhere. Uh, so for the 3DS, I got uh, the video game Rekka. Oh, it's okay. a vertical shooter, in a way not unlike Demon Throttle, but <laughs> this is but this is a more traditional you know space shooter. Yeah, uh, that was designed for a for a competition specifically for a competition in 1992. It was one of the most advanced games ever created for the original NES. Okay. It is a stunningly detailed and intensive game for the NES. Ooh. And let me tell you, it's only four stages with four bosses. Beautiful. I somehow managed to get about halfway through it in my first few go rounds. Like but this dying. thing is hard. Oh, like, no, thank you. I mean, it's it's essentially the first bullet hell game, more oh, or less. Oh God! I remember the so first imagine, time I played a bullet hell game. I like almost broke a controller. It, imagine, um, imagine Galaga. Okay. But it's a bullet hell, and like oh that's the vibe the game gives. It's insane, but it, technically speaking, an astounding video game. If you have a 3DS, I highly recommend you download it because it's a fun diversion. It's a perfect handheld game, hmm. um, and it's you can either spend thousands on the NES cartridge or you can spend $5 on the 3DS, and I don't think this one's going to get released again. So just download okay. it, now it now while you can and send I, me suggestions for other games i should download before I, time expires I, I also want to put out the call for other games to uh recommend because in a similar form of revelation ben I, I i was on my steam account the other night and i was like i really wanted to play i was thinking of playing the uh the most recent devil may cry game devil may cry 5 uh because i watched a, a video kind of breaking down how it was like an actually a good game and blah 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 but i realized when i searched by favorites on steam Almost every single one of my games that I've like went out of my way to favorite is like a micro indie game that is kind of creepy and is genuinely not overly skill intensive besides one. And, so, and I like, so I like easy, dark indie games like Dome Keeper is pretty easy. Uh, Dwarf Mantic is another example, but I think the game that most perfectly the two games that most perfectly capture what i'm looking for in a game is the stanley parable both that and the ultra deluxe sequel and the longing um sure i've talked extensively about the longing i still think it's one of the greatest games i've ever played in my entire life see um, i've been gravitating a lot more towards uh, arcade games yeah because like i really want to play like a red dead redemption or uh, something like that i just don't have the time yeah, I've been playing there's... Lost in Random, and I've been wanting to do an episode on that forever, but I just can't get to the end because, like, every time mm. I sort of reset myself. Yeah, because you have to kind game. of play the whole thing. We will talk about it, though. Um, but, like, Metal Slug. I can play through half the game in half an hour. Like, and it's good, and it requires a lot of skill to get through. Um, and I feel like, and this is what I was saying a few weeks ago, but I feel like these game collections now on like Nintendo switch online or the Neo Geo classics collections. Now that the emulation is good on most of them. Okay. I feel like we're finally at a point where like game compilations are cool. And like, there's enough, oh, sure. th there's enough 
options to reset or create save states that in many cases it is a better experience than playing in the original system because it adds regular quality of life functions. Uh, and you can also, you know, make the difficulty whatever you want. But when you have like 50, 100 arcade games to play through, it's like, yeah, put 20 minutes into Contra, put 30 minutes into, you know, a yeah, mighty can... bomb jack if you want to. like Because they're really good games. And, you know, as, as good as modern retro games are, mm-hmm. it's different when they're not working with any actual constraints. Sure. Yeah, I, I see what you yeah. mean. For me, for me, where it's really come come forward is in these micro indie games that truly capture like the storytelling soul of what the artist is like. What an art if they feel more like art experiences than games, because like like the long the longing is a great example because you don't need to be good at playing games to play that game. Like you can suck it. I'm pretty bad at it. I could never play Dark Souls. I wouldn't get anywhere. But I could play the Stanley Parable, for example, or the Longing for six hours straight. But how can but, you say that when you're the best at Halo um, compared to everybody else in the room? Because Halo's fucking easy, Kyle. You guys just suck at first-person shooters. Fuck you. Um, I'm j- I am shit at Halo. You guys are just awful. Um, I I genuinely think I am the worst at a base level video game player in the group. In my in my own mind, I am like I'm not the worst gamer in the group. Well, when it comes we... to pure on controller on keyboard skill, I'm worse than everyone else except for at Halo. Well, we are gonna put that to the test ah. because this weekend is my bachelor party. Oh shit! Hey. Yeah, I'm so this married. episode, by the time this episode, you're listening to this episode, all of our glorious fans, we will already be in Estes Park, Colorado. Visiting, well, or or we'll be on our way, depending. Depending on if you're if you're like our biggest fan, Mason, this week. Whoa! You will be listening to this podcast at six what? in the fucking morning. That's right, Kyle. That's right. You might have you might have got the the my biggest fan requirement of sending me the special word. You might have posted a review, and you yes 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 you did do it at a relatively normal positive time of the day at five thirty p.m. And you told me I'll get bonus points if I triangle, dude. Wish I did. You did. You got bonus points. But Mr. Mason Hill got his review to me at 6.52 in the morning. This is fucking bullshit. Fucked up. And he named himself Brennan's biggest fan to make the (laughs) review. (laughs) And he, he even, even... Okay. Oh, he did. He did. He did miss the bonus word. Only, only Brennan got mm. that. Brennan and Kyle got that. Now, in, well, and when it comes to tears, but thank you to all of our fans out there. So, Kyle, this includes well, you. Well, Kyle, since you, uh, since you were second, you can be our biggest fan for next week. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Because yeah. Since since kayfabe, we're we're pulling a SmackDown before a UK tour and doing double duty today. Okay. Uh, and because of that, Kyle, you're going to win a fantabulous opportunity for next Ooh. week's episode what? when we are going to put you through the paces. The true test of the podcast. And around the world in 20 questions. Fuck That's yeah, let's go. In 50 questions, whatever. We'll do that next week. But for now, it's time we develop 
A Cult of Personality. God, I'm so glad you remembered the name. <laughs> Look in my eyes, and what do you see? I see your beautiful eyes. Oh, thank you. I'm good. Welcome oh, to Cult of Personality. Pile. No. The show that I thought Matt was going to intro, but he didn't say anything, so I am instead. I was waiting we for Kyle about to sing the rest cults. of the goddamn song. And this, okay, fuck off, Ben. This pod, the Cult of Personality is a <laughs> podcast where we show you those, those cults and those mindsets that are taking over the world. We might not always talk about religious cults or organizations. We might bring you different ideas, different subcultures that truly captured a group of people and led to some change in the world. Now, we all know as fans of this podcast and as, as friends that cults and these personality groups have affected the world. And we have all been a part of groups or, or cults of personality that have driven us to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to devotion to these things. Whether it was Kyle and I with Magic the Gathering, it was Ben with WWE or professional wrestling, or all of us when it comes to indie movies. We have dedicated ourselves to these things, but we did those things by choice. And what we want to do is we want to bring you those organizations that have taken choice away from their people and dive deeply into them. Now, the group we're going to be talking about today is one that the moment I mentioned it, young Kyle over here was infatuated and in love with the idea of this. And I think that might relate back to his enjoyment of a little group called Om Shamrikyo, but we'll talk about them later. Kyle, Kyle, can you tell our beautiful guests, our charmers out there, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about Shinjanji, the Ooh, Church of yeah. Jesus. Yes. Well, it's not just Shinjanji, the Church of Jesus. It's the temple. It's also the temple of the Tabernacle of Testimony. It is also um, the New Heaven, New Earth movement in the United States. Um, and they've operated under several other titles throughout their history um, as way of obfuscating who they are. Uh, but What titles? The Intercontinental title? The United States title, the twenty four seven title, twenty four seven title. Yeah, that was the, the other title the, they took. The pan the Pan African Diaspora Women's Championship. Wait, title. what? That's yeah. That's a that's, that's a, real. That's a championship. Yeah, it's really big too. It's oh, like shit. It's like the size of a sixteen inch pizza. It's it's hilarious. Hot damn. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Well, okay, well, back, 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 we're going to move away from that cult of personality and, and continue to talk about Shin Junji. So, like many other cults, Shin Junji has captured the minds and hearts of thousands in South Korea. Um, currently, they have 317,000 members and they continue to grow. Kyle, what can you tell us about Shin Junji and what they believe in? So, Basically, they are a religious group that is set up like a multi-level marketing scam mm -hmm. uh, that indoctrinate troubled and lost people, like most cults. Yeah, like most cults, they prey on the weak, and they also prey on the deeply, deeply religious. Yes. Because um, they, they are a Christian new religious movement um, that are considered a pseudo religion by the mainstream church um, because their, their foundational belief, their, their most important thing 
that I say kind of defines Shinjunji as it is now is that they believe that their leader, Li Menhe, is Jesus. Well, that he that the, he he possesses the soul of Jesus. There you go. There you go. That, like like Jesus, the spirit is the spirit of Jesus speaks through him. Yes, and 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 specifically to get into a little bit of kind of religious nerdism here from what I've been reading is that in in mainstream Christian rhetoric um what is primarily pro- like taught by the church is that Jesus was God. He was he was a flesh and blood divine manifestation of God's divine will and power on earth. These guys directly say that that is not true that Jesus was just like was just the son of God but isn't God. He's just and, a prophet. Yeah, he was a prophet anointed by God and that the second coming of revelations is real but that not the will of God comes back to the planet, but the prophet of Jesus has come back and he is inside Lee Man He. And the kicker is they all think they're immortals and the second coming of Jesus will happen when Lee Man He dies. Yes, which but they also said <laughs> that the apocalypse was starting at the beginning of the pandemic and then it didn't work. And then a bunch of their members died of coronavirus in South Korea. And they had a mass exodus because of that, because they they were all indoctrinated, think they were all immortal. Yes. So, so Ben, you also dove into um, Xinjiang. What did you think about what you saw? Um, I didn't know what to what to really think of it because because I'm not because obviously they're a cult and cults aren't good, right? But even from like the firsthand testimonials and the things they accuse this cult of doing are so much less shocking than so mm-hmm. many of the other cults I've heard of that I'm one that that I wonder like is it just a matter of things haven't come out about these guys which I'm thinking it probably is. You know, Kyle, I can probably get to some of them. <laughs> They okay, use a I'm, I'm sure, lot I'm sure of deception you could. tactics and gaslighting to avoid a lot uh, of scrutiny. Yeah, but it seemed more like gaslighting than it was, you know, something like whatever that Australian cult the the movie star got in, the Allison Mack cult or the, the, the Scientology the cult. Oh yeah, Nexium. And yeah. they're not Australian. I thought I thought they were American that moved to Mexico, then just made sex trafficking part of the oh, norm. Oh maybe. Once again, I'm not a huge cult guy. Yeah, Kyle and so. I are a bit more. So, but Ben, real quick, I'm the Ben Kissel in this episode. Yeah, you are. So that means you got to be funny and have quips. Yep, I can have quips. I can't be funny. That's true. Now, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, before we before we dive deeper, and I can I can really dig it because I I got a little deep on this. Um, Kyle, can you give everyone a little bit of context about both your personal religious experience, um, and your kind of exposure to cults and and other societies like this catholicism enough said anyways uh, <laughs> yeah okay. um i was born and raised roman catholic and as most people that are in religion they can see uh, if they're outside of it it's kind of set up like cult um they basically call all their people that attend the church sheep um they basically mandate that you give them money and if you are somewhat different they ostracize you anyways you, Matt. Yeah, traditional, traditional mainstream Judeo-Christian 
religious practices just like yes and and so i know i I think i I think both ben and i were religious kind of we're raised kind of secularly right ben i i mean i was i i wasn't ever made to go to church i was never raised attending these kind of things so i i have a very outsider perspective a very like academic view from the complete outside What, what would you say that's similar to your experience ben yeah yeah i mean i was I was raised completely secularly, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, I, so my ideas on religion are pretty much null, which I think, in a way, is kind of interesting because so many people grow up religious. It's kind of fun to be like, "Huh, well, what and, happens?" And I when think, I, I think, like, a lot of times is that even people who grow up in secular homes, they still attend church because of the community aspect of it. Yeah. So some I really all. have yeah, no some point all. of reference. Yeah. So, so this, and, and Kyle, Kyle has the most frame of reference here. Um, and so I wanted to kind of get into what Shinjongji really, what they believe or what they talk about believing and how they structure their, their recruitment. Um, Maybe, maybe this somehow someone who's deeply embedded in, in religion listens to this podcast and might find um, some help by having these things pointed out or, or you might just find cults interesting like we do. Um, because I, I really fell in love with digging into this church and be, not because, because they didn't do anything too crazy. Like you said, Ben, compared to Om Shinrikyo or Children of God or the Ant, the Ant Hill Children, I mean, Shin Shinji hasn't done anything too fucking crazy. You know, they don't uh, have they don't have hotel. Not as bad as the other ones, Kyle. <laughs> okay. They've done some shit, but we'll get we'll get to it. But they're they're no Ant Hill kids. No, no, no. You know, they're, they're no. They're no. They're no Heaven's Gate. Yeah, Lee Man, he's Ant-Hill no Rotario. I I really I'm at the Ant Hill kids. They were they were both they were all standing around, and they were like, "Look at these ants," and I'm like, "Oh shit." That's a lot of ants. So, yeah. Oh, man. You, you do. I do feel the pain that I sometimes hear in the voices of, of, of Henry and, and, and Marcus when Ben talks. Um, yeah. So, so there. So let's, let's jump in. Um, the main structure that makes Shinjunji Shinjunji is that they're an apocalypse group. Yes. Um, they believe their leader is their Messiah and that they, that they are preparing and getting ready for the doomsday. Um, yep. Similar to what you might have heard from Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that only 144,000 adherents will it, be taken and come out of the great tribulation of revelations. Yep, that is a direct parallel. Yeah, and that's a direct parallel from, from both the Jehovah's Witnesses and... Uh, I believe uh, there's a whole sect of Christianity that believes in that specific belief. Um, And they believe that this all comes down to Revelations, uh, which is a book in the Christian and Judeo-Christian faith that talks about the end times. It talks about uh, how when Jesus returns to earth, um, the faithful will be saved and the unrighteous will die in the apocalypse of all apocalypses. And then God will abandon Earth with His faithful, and go to do a bunch of other shit. I mean, I think from from the from my religious expert that I spoke to, I have a, a person to me who's very a very close person to me who's deeply was deeply embedded in kind of deep uh, 
um, Christian lore and mythology. It can't and, be too close to you. It can't hear him. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they can hear me right now. Damn it, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that that the Book of Revelations really is about just the end of everything. It's the it's Ragnarok. It's the end of the earth. It's the four new horsemen. beginning. The four horsemen of the apocalypse, the seventh seal breaks, plague and death and brimstone and fire rain. The dead will rise. We get every horror movie um, and we get kind of a great amalgamation of all of the different apocalypse stories from all of the major polytheistic faiths of Europe and, and Arabia. And they also, though, prophetize in the United States in regards proselytize. to proselytize, proselytize, proselytize. A disability stop making fun of me um and in the united states though which i found very interesting is that they don't call themselves shinjanji because they know we'll google it um they call themselves the new heaven new earth movement um which in the uh biblical story is that it believes that when christ accomplishes god's original purpose for creation he reverses adam's curse that which culminates in the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham and ultimately provides his people a place to dwell with God for eternity. Now, they think that they will do that to the earth and they will become immortal entities on the planet and escape eternal judgment by becoming eternal creatures of themselves. And it will lead to a new earth that they will inherit similar to the Mormons getting a planet. Yep. Huh. You know, with all these religions getting their own planet or getting virgins or you know, there's there's not a lot of room left in space for all these guys. It's a big place out there. Haven't you seen the pictures of the Jane Welp ta- uh, telescope? All right, so Kyle, I have a qu- I have a question for you here. Shoot. Um you're our local otaku. Um uh-huh. so with without our actual Asian cultural correspondent here, I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Uh, can you speak to the history of Christianity in Korea and Asia in general? Um, not quite. Um, I know, I believe it was during the American occupation in the 1950s where it became a lot more prominent. Um, well, during the Korean War, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, am I correct? Mostly, yeah. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I, quizzing Kyle on his own culture. Yeah, I'm not yeah, Korean. Right. I'm not. He's Korean. not Korean. Yeah, but this. But it, whatever. <laughs> you that, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That was my basis understanding of the prominence of Christianity within Korea, predominantly Presbyterian. Yeah. So well, yeah. So it is primarily Presbyterian. But I, I, what I think is very interesting and led to a large amount of cults forming, especially Christian cults throughout Asia in post korean war post world war ii is that up until like the 1910s and even even later than that into the 1930s and 40s and 50s um and all the way back to the 1600s the 1100s the 1000s china specifically as well as the korean government in many of the areas of northern asia harshly and vehemently rejected christianity from their borders yep they Christians were considered like apost like apostates. They were they were foreign invaders bringing an untrue religion to their to their land. I mean, trying to sell that way. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes, I will. Yeah, yeah, Ben. You're, they they did lead to the formation of some of the most violent churches and cults that the entire region has ever seen. 
Um, but we're not here to, 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 to shit to down you, the Matt. throat of Christianity. To, to you, Matt, yeah. and even Kyle, chime in. Um, what differentiates a religion and a cult to you? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I pseudo primarily say it is that it's, it's a cult if their leader's still alive. Um, and the, the other thing that I would say, I um, disagree with that notion, by the way. I, I know that's the easy version. I really think there is no delineation besides social acceptability. Um, social acceptability and uh, was, what was it? Indoctrination practices are the big two. Even then, Kyle. Like, I mean, cults are used more deceptive tactics where yeah, true. modern religions don't. Religion, uh, religions don't, shouldn't need deceptive tactics. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, for, for me, I've always thought of it as... The difference between a religion and a cult is that a is that a cult will try and keep you there against your will. A religion will shame you, but or ostracize I, you, or 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 in or ostracize you. But like it's there's nothing stopping you from walking out the door. I feel like Mormon. that's. But they're a cult. Mormonism's well, a cult. They're a cult. That's my thing. point. And that's under my point. under the qualification, you could say the same thing about a lot. Uh, uh, any of one of the mainstream ways that more evangelical or or more, I don't want to say esoteric because that's kind of not the right definition. But evangelicalized uh, versions of any religion um, that aren't abusively aggressive about it like the like the mormon church like the church of scientology their primary method of you leaving the church is excommunication and they um, still harass you afterwards some of them do and some of them don't the, both of those the, do huh both of those do yes okay both of those key yeah, out both scientology and mormonism will fucking follow you um so will shinjanji um and i think that's what puts them firmly in the cult category um they also use exceedingly deceptive and manipulative tactics um to uh engage in people but that isn't again one of those things that is inherently cultish i think that's something that's inherently evangelical about a religion no so that I, that I, might I, be part of it too is that do you I consider think... all evangelicalism like any evangelical following in a religion regardless of its christianity whether it is islam whether it is shinto whether it is I don't think they're evangelical Buddhists, but there are, you know, okay. Yeah. Well, there's, it's any faith because there are evangelicalized ends to any faith. And I think once you get to that point, you're basically a cult. Yeah. Um, to that point about Buddhism, uh, there are like radical Buddhists that are considered terrorists, but anyways, um, and Shinjong G. Fact check for Monty on that one when he comes back. (laughs) I, I remember reading an article like in like the, the Tibetan region. There's like a, a group of radical Buddhists. But anyways, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but in Shinchanji's uh, indoctrination, like when they first invite you to a Bible study, they don't even tell you what group they are. Yeah. And they tell you that don't even look them up. Like don't even search. Well, yeah. Oh, they won't. What well, if you're part of the church, you're not allowed. It's against church doctrine to research the church from non-church sources yep internet is poison yeah it is yeah it is poison is the gospel is it a is it a gospel of poison for your ears um and kyle and i uh and i i highly recommend if you guys are interested in going even deeper into shinjanji 
Um, there are two interviews that are posted on the Great Light Studios YouTube page, um, which is a great, um, great video, a great channel, uh, where he interviewed uh, two ex-members, and both of them really dove into some fascinating material. Um, and one that I found that unfortunately I didn't get to share with you, Kyle. Um, is that following his interview with a with a gentleman who joined the church, uh, mm-hmm. joined the cult, and became indoctrinated through the methods that Kyle Kyle alluded to just recently? He actually talked to a pastor who had a Shinjongi member infiltrate his church to recruit away his members to join Shinjongi. Oh shit! And how successful was he? He got she got eight of them. Wow, man! She it was wow. it was a congregation of about three hundred. She managed to get the 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 woman in the church who so, led and basically ran the women's uh, group within that within that congregation. She got her and then eight of the other women. So, so that's like what do they wow. do? So how do they do it? So here's so so I'll I'll use Kyle as an example. So let's say I'm a Shinjongi member and I want to recruit Kyle, right, Ben? Okay, um, well, can't, well, try to, well, I'm a blank slate. Try and try and convert me. Well, you can, but you're not. A, so the, here's the thing. The first bill is I would only go after you um, if you were deeply religious already. Um, okay. There, cause this is their main recruiting outside of getting like sad people who are like on the street. This is their main recruiting method. So let's All say right. you're, you're, you attend church every week. You are, Great. you are, you are there Sundays and Wednesdays. Can I be one of the snake people in like Eastern Kentucky? No, I don't. You wouldn't be super evangelicalized yet. Oh, okay. you're just deeply faithful. So what okay, I do is great. I I come to your congregation. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll I be like here have a snake. Yeah, thank you for the snake. I I believe yeah. in the snake, and I join, and I and I and I I notice that you Ben, you really seem like you're wanting more out of this. Mm-hmm. So I become your friend. I, okay. I, I befriend you and I and I become close to you. After about three or four weeks of getting to know you and, and, and getting integrated into your life, I would invite you to join a Bible study that I attend either in person or over Zoom. Um, and I was, I, I'd wonder because we're doing a, a Bible study group about revelations. And uh, I really think you would enjoy it. And, and I want you to meet some of my friends. All right. I just I want you to come to this. I just I just heard about it. So okay. you would you would initially you would come to this Bible study, and over time this Bible study you would begin to experience and 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 notice things that were like astounding, true true displays of divine power. So Kyle, for example, is is a new also a new member of of the church, Ben, and and I don't know Kyle. Um, I Kyle just joined this Bible study group the same time you did. And, and Kyle comes up to you uh, and talks to you after one of the sessions about how, you know, he's been praying about um, finding answers to the pain he's been having in his life because of loss. Right. And, and he, he, he wishes that something in the, in the, in the text would speak to him. And then you, you share how you wish that something important would happen. And you're looking for more information about how to make sure your your space in the eternal after revelations is secured. And so you have those conversations casually on the side, just between you and Kyle or between me, you and Kyle. And all of a sudden 
next week at the next Bible study group, the person who is leading the Bible study talks exactly about those things. And boy, Kyle and boy, Kyle and I are real fucking surprised. Right. And you are even more indoctrinated into the notion of what they're teaching. So, so I'm a Mark is, is Kyle then a Johnny is like, is he in on it? Kyle is a, Kyle has been a member of Shinjanji for years. So have I. So has everyone okay. else in the Bible study besides maybe you and one or two other people. And that's, and that is when we start hitting you with the, um, the idea, like these, like the, the outsider ideas about Shinjanji. So- or, so, the, or what I would tell you if you were an American is I'd tell you about the new heaven, new earth church. Now, isn't there something to be said for a call it a religion for the sake of it, for a religious sect that's base is predicated on openly lying? Chinchaji. It... it, it not not inherently because um, i remember that in the uh in the videos i saw like they're deliberately told to lie to people they about are. where they're going they yep. believe that they 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 teach that as doctrine that that deception and intentional manipulation and and to self-disguise to pr- to present yourself one way to convince people of of being saved is there like is a primary parable that they use with their members? That yep. seems like a real leopard's ate my face type thing, though. What do you, I don't I don't understand that reference. Like, yeah, it's God, it's on Reddit. But like, it, oh. <laughs> if if you have something that's based off of, it's part of our doctrine to lie to people. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you inherently think the people above me are probably lying to me too? But you're gullible. Yeah, well, that yes, you're gullible. Two, you're indoctrinated, so you believe you're hearing the true message because they only lie to people to get them into the church. And you already joined the church. You know what's going on. You've accepted Lee Man. He is the new Messiah. Um, and they—that's the thing that they—they—they represent it as a tool of of bringing people into the church so once you're in the church there's no reason that you would ever be lied to again and so do they do anything like the conversion therapies in scientology or like the the thetan sessions they have do they do anything like that Did they have something similar where they take written tests every two weeks yes so this and- actually yeah so it's it's an academic based religious cult yeah, they have to take That's, a test. Okay. Yeah, no, no we're to... not. We're not shitting you, Ben. Like you literally take standardized tests. Yes. That mm-hmm. sounds like my worst nightmare. You literally have to score ninety percent or more on this test on the doctrine, and if you score lower than ninety percent, you're there's repercussions. Apparently, I'd rather go to hell. You, yeah, you. So agreed. So part... I would. I would rather just like just just if that happens to be the right religion. Mm-hmm. And I either have to spend the rest of my life taking standardized tests about or their burn specific version of their I, religion. I, I would rather just burn, disintegrate, be tortured. Yeah, it's post-mortem. it's the so one of the most prime one of the most uh, what's the right way here? One of the best ways for cults to keep people indoctrinated and to get them deep into the church 
is to deprivate them of resources of exterior stimuli. So you take away sleep, you take away food, you take away outside relations, you absorb their entire life. Okay, Raptorio. It's but it works. That yes. is how cults work. That is one of the biggest ways in which you keep people inside of deeply devoted cults. You yeah, get their you um, get their money, their life, their friends, their family, everything. You either completely cut them off and then keep them awake and keep them studying. And that's how they do it in Xinjiangji. And that's how they are successful in being branched out and so big is because a nature of being part of the cult requires you to spend this exceedingly devoutly a large amount of time studying so you can take tests so you can prove that you are faithful to the doctrine of God. And half the time the doctrine contradicts itself or it changes. Yeah, if you if you read outside of their doctrine belief, the um there's a great video with an ex member on on that the channel I spoke about earlier, um, Great Light Studios, where he actually he left the church, but is still deeply religious. And part of his reasoning and what he gets into in his videos is he explains how their doctrine is contradicted by Bible passages in the same chapters and in the same sections of the Bible that the Shinjunji is using yeah, as the, like parable doctrine. Yeah, the biggest one, if I remember correctly, is that uh, Jesus told his disciples to go preach at different points, like on the rooftops and just preach where Xinjiangji will tell you to preach and lie so you can get people in. Yeah. It, so, it's, it's in, but, it's in but isn't that, I, I thought part of that though, was that only Lee, whatever, whatever, Lee Min He is the only one capable of properly translating the esoteric Bible. Yes. Which he has taught to his members. And then those members teach out. That's what they're teaching. They're yes, teaching right. Lee Man He's teachings. Yeah, Ben, think about it. Trickle-down economics. Yes. Sure, sure. Um, one of the things I found very fascinating, though, is that Lee Man He um, says he's teaching a new doctrine, right? Like, that's that's what he's doing. He's presenting something that no one else um, could know because only God can speak to him. Uh, but if you trace Lee Man He's history, um, he was actually a member of several other cults um, and other like deeply religious like orders throughout history. Um, yep. and he basically just pick and chose aspects of those others, like of the tabernacle temple, um, of a group, uh, named olive tree and just pick and chose his, uh, feelings from them. And then made that into what is preached now as his divine, uh, knowledge that he received his divine yep. gospel. He also apparently founded a now debunked uh, political group. Yeah, yeah, he uh, yeah he tried he tried. I think it was right after the Korean War. Yes, uh, which he did fight in as well. Um, and that part after that, he became even more religious. Uh, yeah. Now, and can I just add one thing? Just yeah, to put yeah, in perspective, going. this guy is ninety years old. So yeah, he's like he's about so to die. So is there anyone else waiting in the wings? No, it's no. just him. He, he just him. He's technically so what, immortal. So what happens when he dies? He's not are we supposed have a mass to die. Suicide, ben, he is. He's immortal. Sure, but what happens when he dies? The church falls apart. Yes, that, that's okay. that, that, that's literally part of the discussion in that interview that Matt mentioned. <laughs> it's like it doesn't make sense because he like if he dies, the entire doctrine of the church falls apart. 
Um, but it's it's also uh, true that he might uh, they might like begin the religious war because that's when the apocalypse is supposed to start. Because then, like, the spirit of Christ will leave his body and take the world over again. And about how many members are there estimated to be? 317,000. And compared to, let's say, the Mormons. (laughs) Mormons Uh, probably closer to, like, two to three mil. Okay. Somewhere in there. Um, So good to put into perspective. Let's see. The Church of Jesus of the Latter-day Saints... Uh, current members. So, Kyle, your guess was uh was two mil, two to three. Uh, Ben, what's your guess? Five. Uh, seriously, what? Take a guess. How many? How many? How many Mormons do you think there are? Was it? See, now I don't know. <laughs> Just take a guess. Uh, uh, the Church of Christ of the Latter Day Saints. How many members are in their congregation? Probably. I'll say I'll say five million. Sixteen point eight million. Hot fucking damn. They have fifty four thousand wow. missionaries um, around the world. Now so so that's that South Park episode. So I I think that that's quite interesting to put into perspective. Well, then. also, but but here's the thing: is the Church of Mormon uh, was founded in eighteen thirty. Uh was founded in the eighties. 1984 to be exact. Yeah. And they already have almost half a million members. That's true. And across the world too. It's not just like they apparently have a, they have an entire temple in like probably, Seattle. They'll probably speed up once they have people who are born in the system. Yeah. Yep. That's between that and every member is technically a missionary. Yes. Every that's part of their doctrine is to spread the doctrine. Which is true for a lot of evangelicalized religious as well. True. Um, now, I will say, uh, to kind of to wrap up what brought Shinjunji to, to my attention and to the world's attention, uh, was their role in a massive COVID-19 outbreak in February of, 20, of 2019. Um, the sect became involved in a controversy in the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, during an outbreak, um, there was a, an infected person believed to be patient 31 that was basically patient zero for the largest COVID outbreak in South Korea. Um, during this time, uh, uh, Lee Man Hee and Shin Jun Ji refused to stop services, believing that they were physically in, it was physically impossible for them to get COVID. Because they um, they were protected by the church. They're immortal. They were immortal and they couldn't be sick. Um, a member in Busan spread the virus there as well. Um, I took a train there once. It's supposed to be beautiful. That's a that's a good reference. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. So there on by February twentieth, uh, twenty twenty, over fifty three new cases were directly Shinjaji and attendees or their families, reaching up to 300 conver- confirmed cases by February 23rd. They were they represented half of all cases in, in, in South Korea. I'll be honest, I, being in the U.S., I, it, it seems quaint in comparison. 
Yeah, but they actually uh, experienced charges. Uh, On July 31st, 2020, Lee Man Hee was arrested by South Korean authorities for alleging hiding crucial information from contact traces in other offices. By by this time in 2020, the church had been linked to over 5,200 coronavirus infections, 36% of all South Korean cases. And this is just their South Korean branch, their main branch. The promised temple, as they refer to it. Did they um, continue having services? Yes, they did. Uh, sp- alleged that Lee had failed to provide health authorities with a complete list of church members in violations of South Korean's Infectious Disease Control and Prevention Act. Um, and Lee was initially detained pending trial, and several previous appeals for bail were initially rejected, though he did eventually get out. Um, as it was a health concern for detaining a 90-year-old senior in prison. Uh, they sought five years in sentence and $3 million in damages. Uh, and I don't believe the charges have gone through yet. But nice. that 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 really is what... Um, oh, actually, no. Actually, however, uh, despite not getting in trouble for... Uh, uh, for everything that happened with the coronavirus, the court found that Lee Man Hee had embezzled 5.6 billion won, which is about 5.11 million dollars, from the church to build a home and using a government facility to conduct religious services. Wow, that's like two Vince McMahon sex payments. <laughs> Whoa, got him in one. God, that was a good one, Ben. But up, up, get one per episode. Well, so I, I guess to wrap this up, if if you each had one takeaway from from this cult, something that sets it apart, something you want to marinate in the listeners' minds, what would it be? Can I go first, Matt? Yeah, please. All right. So this cult is just a giant amalgamation of different cults, as I mentioned before. So there's. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are parallels. You with... are not excused. You son of a bitch. You God damn it. fucking little bitch boy. So as we mentioned, there's parallels with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, and also Scientology. Uh, particularly how they treat uh, Lee Man. He is very similar to L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, they call him the chairman. He's deified. And he basically runs the whole shit. Uh, and caboodle. But anyways, um and the, the whole testing thing so it's just something that's interesting and how they run their uh their members uh there's also slaves in regards to this uh we wa- i watched a interview on it was a vice interview of an ex-member and she claimed that she was a slave of lee man so that's a direct parallel with uh Scientology as well so that's my main takeaway yeah all so, right and matt uh a lot of what a lot of what kyle said I would agree with, um, but oh, sorry, I had to take a breath there. Um, what I would say is what makes them very interesting and unique to me outside of their effect in South Korea with the coronavirus and everything. It's the fact that they're the first religious sect that I've found that has standardized testing. Um, <laughs> and I love that. I, I mean, I think they're terrible. They're what they're doing is, is incredibly cruel and deceptive and um, is, really harmful to the people that they, they they get control of but it's amazing that they make them take standardized tests 
Uh, it, it really sets them apart, but it also sets out in, in what happened with the coronavirus and what happened with the outbreaks and the deaths related to their, their inaction is that no matter what you believe, I hope you take into account public safety. Um, yep. and, we need and they to guess- protect everybody. <laughs> And they gaslighted the public too, saying that they didn't know they were they were doing all this and that. Then they shouldn't be scrutinized because of this, which is all bullshit. Yeah. But anyways, and, and if you if you out there listening to this podcast are ever in a situation where a group of people are telling you that you need to not not reach out to other people around you, are cutting you off from the people that are in your life, unless it's us and all you're doing is listening to our podcast over and over again, then that's fine. What you do need to do though is reach out to those people around you and check in. Sometimes simply tapping into the world around you and getting out of your bubble that they force you into will get you into a safer and healthier mindset. Um, so if, if anything, take this, take this podcast as a cautionary tale to not get caught up in something so new that is so, so destructive and, and impactful to its members. Yeah, and if somebody comes up to you say, that they you should lie to your family members about this group run and and if you are a shinjongji member and you manage to listen to this entire podcast i will gladly interview you reach out to me on instagram i Am i, I will, to join yeah we the whole the whole group will be here and we'll have an honest and calm conversation with you about what you believe in uh if that's the case you can reach out to us or if you're an ex-member and you want to give even more information about the about this group to us on air? We will gladly have you on and talk to you. And yes, I do know that Xinjiangji members do imitate and infiltrate ex-member groups, um, as was discussed in one of the other uh, interviews. Ben, that's another fun thing. They actually go and send current members into like ex Xinjiangji uh, like Facebook groups and community groups to try to recapture members. Do they also go into the anti uh, cult counseling too? Yes, that they, they have do. in Korea. Okay, they've another sent, tidbit. They sent active members into those groups. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, I if you s- seek help, go to one of those groups. Just talk to somebody. Just talk. That's it. And hey, if you make it out of a cult once, remember it can happen a second time. If you get out a second time, it could happen a third. And if you get out of a cult three times, well, maybe, just maybe, the fourth time's the charm. Good night and good morning. Follow us on Instagram. Eight, eight, eight.